0: There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positive or negative. Ah! The Yankees have swept the Twins. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. Ah! It's time now for the soon to be award winning if only in his
1: own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. Well, well, well. Welcome inside edition number 201 of the soon to be award winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Award winning if only in my own mind. Let's just get right to it. Let's get to the man of the hour, the man we have not talked to since before the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers football team was three-time national Quick Lane Bowl champions. Good to see you, Daniel House of Gophers Guru at Daniel House MN on the X machine. I would be at the Ross Brendel, if you care. Buddy, how you doing? Good.
0: Doing well. Good. Uh in the transfer portal season, uh, coaching search season. Uh, this is, people always say, you know, the, the regular season is busy, but I'm telling you in this new landscape, I think this time of year is crazier just because it's, it's chaos.
1: Where would you say the Gophers are in transfer portal championship season? Are they one and know, are they Oh, and one, is it still to be determined?
0: We're still in the game man like there's still a lot of stuff going on uh, moves to be made Uh, it's it's far from settled. you know the portal closes but names still filter in as they get processed and. uh, We're waiting on a a few things here just to see uh, Minnesota what they do on defense in a couple
1: of spots, I think. Well, I know there'll be a spring window here, so I I got one for you, and we'll talk gopher basketball here shortly because they are, um, I'd say maybe at this point, the, the talk of the university gopher women off to a decent start as well. They've struggled a bit more in the Big Ten, but had a nice win earlier this week at Michigan. Over under six more players added between now and the start of next season for the Gophers when they take on North Carolina at Huntington Bank Stadium, over under six. That's
0: in addition to what they already have,
1: yes. In addition to what they already have.
0: Um. God, it's tough, man, because we don't really know who's going to exit and leave in the spring. So that that makes it hard to project. I still think they're going to probably need to get a defensive tackle in here, uh, maybe another safety, nickel type of skill set, uh, somebody that could primarily play safety improvide depth there uh, those would be a couple of positions that I'd say uh, are potentially worth keeping an eye on uh
1: very quickly what how on a scale of one to ten how emotional was Logan Fife's run at the University of Minnesota hey
0: this is this is the landscape now I mean there's been u-turns everywhere across the country you get the uh, that's what I kind of feel like it is it's it's the u-turn. You get somebody in, turn back around the other way. Uh, it's just, yeah, I I can't even keep track of all that. Every day, I'm constantly trying to like mine everybody's rosters to see what's going on.
1: Well, I think Logan realized pretty quickly with Lindsay coming in, who's probably going to sit a year, and with he's my brosmer coming in, that Logan was probably going to have a really tough time getting playing time. So if he can find a place where he can start and. Excel academically and athletically good for him on the transfer part. Uh, Daniel house, just to backtrack, I will let the coach speak for me on the uh, amount of six transfers. That's why I put the over under at six. I'll let the coach speak for me. Don't worry, Daniel. I'm keeping the under. (laughs)
0: That's why you were working that in. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, and then I forgot to work it in. Okay, let's do this. I want to talk gopher basketball, and I want to talk a little bit about Minnesota Vikings football with you in the offseason that they have ahead. I always like to tell people, even though you do a pretty good job of this, excuse me, you are more than just a gopher football guy. You're a gopher basketball guy. You're heavily in tune to what the Minnesota Vikings are doing. You get to camp. You're paying just as much attention to them as the gopher football team. So I want to get to them in moments, but your gopher basketball team, you and I and our good buddy, uh, James Murphy, formerly of the score North gopher show. We make up two thirds of that. Murph was our third member of that trio. We, uh, text and talk a lot about more things than just gopher sports, but yeah, basketball has been pretty hot right now. Frozen pizza, of course, mixed in there as well. Um, Gophers off to a three and one start. I actually thought once they got to one and one before these last two games that they won, there was an opportunity to get to three and one in conference. I didn't actually think they would win both and get to three and one in conference. I know nationally the view of the Big Ten is that it's a little bit down, but I don't care. When the Gopher basketball team has really been down for the last year and a half under Ben Johnson, You'll take wins any which way you can get them. You'll take excitement any which way you can get them. And I thought heading into this year, Ben would need to go 6-14 and 14 or better to keep his job. I think there's a want by the administration to keep him around. At this point, barring a real bad setback or collapse in the second half of the season, I think Ben Johnson will be the coach here next year. And there's a chance for this team to, at bare minimum, make the NIT if they do some things right, if they stay healthy. Daniel, you could be talking about a fringe NCAA tournament team. I still think it's way early to talk like that. There's still, what, 16 games left in the Big Ten schedule because they play 20 games. But I think this resurgence, if you want to call that house, it starts with the guards. The guard play is just this is the best it's been since Ben Johnson has been here. And I love to give Ben crap for what he's come up with in the portal. But this time around, at least halfway through the season, it seems like he found himself some guards that can at least be competent in the Big Ten and can hit open shots. At some point, he's going to have a bad night, Daniel. But Elijah Hawkins is unreal. He seems to hit every three-point shot. And I know he doesn't. But he just seems to hit them and so often in big moments. So I'm... I'm pretty pleased with this team, and I do think they're going to get to at least that bare minimum six wins. It would be it would be hard not to at this point.
0: I've been saying all offseason that the priority was guard play. You watch last season's games and the inability to take people off the dribble and put pressure on the defense through dribble penetration. Now you look at this season. Elijah Hawkins puts a lot of stress on the defense, like you mentioned, and his ability to set his teammates up, pass the ball effectively. And then, you know, once you rotate the ball, able to be in a spot to hit some threes. He's had some big threes uh, in these games in the second half that, you know, are are key plays. Uh, I believe there's been a lot of player development growth from various uh, individuals when you watch this team play. I mean, uh, Braden Carrington has been outstanding at defense. Good to have him back. Uh, Josh Joseph, I think he's shooting the ball better. Uh, Camp Christie's learning every game. Uh, Going to be a really good player for them, I think. Uh, Garcia's been up and down with the injury side of it. But Pharrell Payne has turned into the player that I thought he would. I mean, gosh, you tell you what, you look at that, those moves in the post that he's developing, uh, the physicality, uh, that's somebody that is going to be very fun to watch here.
1: Agreed. I'll nitpick on one thing. And we were texting about this a little bit. And this is too simplistic, but I've, I've always said if you shoot less than 50% at the free throw line, to me, that's kind of a laziness thing. You can't shoot 50% at the free throw. Yeah, line. They
0: do. They do need to shoot better there. I mean, that almost cost him in the last game, uh, they they missed like five big free throws at the end. And that when you get in those narrow games, you're going to need to make those.
1: But if you uh, were to freeze the college basketball season right now, Daniel house, your golden Gophers would finish second in the big 10. And I think that would correlate to probably a four or a five seed in the NCAA tournament. So can we get on that? Can we just freeze the season now and fast forward to March?
0: Hey, anything is possible, like you mentioned, the Big Ten is not as not as strong as it has been in the past. Uh, actually, I was talking to somebody. I said I think this is maybe the weakest big ten I can ever remember in my lifetime. It's just, you know, look at Purdue last night, just gets throttled by Nebraska on the road. Uh, it every night has just been weird. I just watch games and I don't see the same level of star power from top to bottom in the conference. Like, I think Minnesota, I think they can win these next two games. And I mean, it's tough winning on the road in the Big Ten, but I certainly think they're going to be able to. Uh, the numbers seem to indicate that as well. So, I mean, if they can win those next two games, they got Michigan State and then Wisconsin the next two games. Those will both be uh, fun matchups to watch.
1: What's going on at Michigan State? It, it they, they just seem from the games that I've watched yeah. and it's only been a handful, but they seem very out of sorts. And and to a degree, it, it kind of feels like the Michigan team that we watched just kind of going, going through the motions. And, and the one thing I noticed, Daniel, and you already kind of hit on this, I don't know who Michigan state's premier score would be. If you need a bucket, who's supposed to get that bucket. It's just, it's odd for a Tom Izzo team.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I've watched them play and I feel they have talent. It's just like there's not chemistry on the squad and there's defensive lapses. And I feel like that program hasn't been the same since Cassius Winston left there. Like it's just, it's odd that uh, the squad is not showing improvement by now playing with some more consistency. I thought earlier in the season, maybe it was related to the schedule they played, but man, it is they're going to have to start figuring this out, especially when they go out to Northwestern and uh, play like they did. I mean, they didn't play any inch of defense in that game, which is so uncharacteristic of Izzo. And you see Izzo's frustration in the, in the press conference after the game. Like, I have not uh, saw Izzo like that in, in a long time.
1: So we're recording this on a Wednesday Next four games for the Gophers, they'll play uh, early Friday evening against Indiana in Bloomington. Then they get Iowa at home at Michigan State. And you mentioned Wisconsin at Williams Arena, specifically on Indiana, because a lot of people will have time to digest this pod before that game. It does feel like a game that the Gophers could win. I'm not saying that they should win, but. You know, the coach even kind of talked about the excitement building around the program and and wanting you know more people in the stands. Well, if you're able to beat Indiana, I got to imagine even though half of the state of Iowa is going to come up to watch the Gophers in Iowa at the Barn, that could be a heck of a crowd when the Gophers return home. And maybe it still will be, regardless because of the Minnesota Iowa rivalry. But just I, I think people are noticing that the Gophers are better. I think if you keep stacking wins here early, people will buy in and that barn will fill up more. But it would be would be awfully impressive if they could somehow, some way, whether it's by one or by 21, find a way to win in Bloomington. And to your point, Daniel, these are not the uh, the Hoosiers I grew up watching. They're not bad, but I don't think anybody expects them to run away with the Big Ten Conference.
0: Yeah. It's just a weird year with the conference. And I said, of course, the big 10 is, is down when the big 10 tournament is coming to Minneapolis, you know, like every year you're looking forward to the, to the talent, seeing all the talent. And I'm like, man, now this year's the year that the big 10 tournament comes to Minneapolis. Like it'll still be exciting. And, you know, teams are going to get better over the course of the season, but I've been just surprised. Uh, I have not found – I found myself watching a lot of games in other leagues this year, which I'm always dialed into the to the Big Ten matchups, but it's just been, like you said, a weird year. And, you know, if Minnesota does put together a strong performance uh, at Indiana, uh, I, I do see the barn uh, filling up because the fan base, they will come when the product is strong. This, this state loves basketball, and credit to, you know, them for – you know, improving in a lot of areas over the course of the last uh, couple of months as a team. I think they've gotten better since they tipped the ball, even at the beginning of the year.
1: Well, and if you win, they will come. Look no further than the Minnesota Timberwolves. And this is a basketball-rich town. You just got yep. it. For all the teams in this town outside of the Minnesota Vikings, we've talked about this before on this pod, people will show up if you win. And I'm not saying that Minnesota's fair weather, I tend to think that that's smart. Let the product on the field dictate your attendance, whether you go to games or not. Or in this case, it would be a court arena, whatever you want to call it. I do want to segue back to football and we'll go back to uh, Gophers football because they have a new defensive coordinator. Then we'll talk Vikings as I teased at the beginning Corey Heatherman, contrary to popular belief, not a former Civil War general. He was not an extra in Weird Al's Amish Paradise. He is a defensive coordinator, and he is the new defensive coordinator at the University of Minnesota by way of Rutgers, where he was a linebackers coach. Uh, Daniel, first and foremost, before we get to Corey kind of incredible all the coaches that go back and forth between Minnesota and Rutgers there' we've developed quite the pipeline there over the last handful of years and i I think that's obvious with the connection between Greg Schiano and PJ Fleck but it just seems like they're trading coaches almost every year
0: yeah and some of it is too Pj's had coaches that have gone to Schiano because there's not rumor they're looking to advance their career and then they go out there do well and then you know end up coming back or it's vice versa it's you know uh, Kirk Shiraka going out to Rutgers because Rutgers has a really good assistant pool. So it, it, it kind of is a two-way street there, and it makes sense just because philosophically there's a lot of similarities. That's why I think is the value of the Heatherman pick here is you know, it has experience in that quarter structure, four down front defense that Minnesota's run. So there'll be some schematic continuity at its core but then there's some twists that can be added to that where you got some blitz game stuff that was very strong at James Madison. Uh, D-line movement game is an area I think that they can continue to expand in. They didn't do a ton of it at Rutgers, but uh, dashing it in, I think, is effective. Uh, But schematically, there's going to be some intriguing wrinkles. He has put together some very efficient run defenses. I mean, I've watched a film on some of their games, uh, a lot of their games actually, and I'm absolutely impressed by their defensive line, how they get off of blocks, how they play the run, uh, the physicality. That's the first thing I look for because if you're physical and you play hard up front, you're going to give yourself a chance, and I thought uh, his run defenses, their block deconstruction, uh, the fundamentals are rock solid. I, I think he's going to do a nice job and provide us uh, some continuity that they need just at its core from a schematic standpoint.
1: Will fans watching notice a difference? The average fan watching, will they see different things or will it look pretty similar to what they saw with Joe Rossi at the helm? I
0: I think it'll look pretty similar, but I also think like there's gonna be some packages where, you know, they're gonna blitz in some spots where, you know, first first and ten blitzes, uh, passing down situation blitzes. Uh, The nickel cornerback spot is going to be pretty important. I can see that just based on uh, how often that player was involved in blitzing and then playing the run, setting the edge, uh, becoming very active in run fits, which that's nothing new. That was a big part of what uh, Joe Rossi had in his scheme. So I think at its core, the good news is is like the existing staff has worked with a similar structure that they had at Rutgers, and he can come in, implement similar – thing get the core going and then add in the wrinkles but the fundamentals of their defense are really good that's the first thing i look for when i'm watching film uh and i i feel like that that's definitely the case i thought i thought it was actually a very good move.
1: let's talk minnesota vikings for a few minutes then i got some fun planned for you uh near the end I can't think of a, it seems like every off season, it's a big one for the Minnesota Vikings. It often is for NFL teams, especially if you didn't make the playoffs, uh, there's always change over in the NFL, but it feels like one way or another for the Minnesota Vikings, it's just big. You're either going to double down and recommit to Kirk Cousins, which probably means losing Neil Hunter, or you're going to bring back Daniil Hunter, which would mean moving on from Kirk Cousins. Or you're going to let them both go further. Get yourself. I don't want to say cap compliant, but set yourself up for the future. Maybe commit to a bridge quarterback for a year or two and maybe finally take the plunge on a quarterback. Heck, maybe they would move up and take a quarterback and start him from day one. But there's there's just so much here with the Minnesota Vikings. And it really does start with what they're going to do at quarterback. My hunch, Daniel, If they can get Kirk to do it, I think they're going to find an agreeable number for one or two years, and he'll be back. And then the Vikings may still set the plan in place to eventually replace him. But Kirk Cousins himself even talked about, well, a couple things. It's not the dollars. It's what the dollars represent. And then he's also talked about terms. So maybe he wouldn't be so advantageous to take that one- or two-year deal My gut says the Vikings are going to figure out a way to get him back. I personally would just pull the plug on this era of Vikings football, and it's not even anti-Kirk Cousins. It really isn't. It's just you've been presented with a decent opportunity to hit the reset button, which you could have done two years ago. But now we've seen it for two more years played out. And again, like I always tell you, Daniel, What's the ceiling here? Even in a year where you went 13 and four, and I'll give you credit for going 13 and four, you didn't do anything when you got to the playoffs. You didn't do anything this year, and I, I get it. There were a lot of injuries, but every team has injuries, not always at the quarterback position. Although this year, plenty of teams did. It just, it just seems like a natural jumping off point. And I would say, Daniel, if you're going to jump off from the quarterback it also seems like a good time to just not re-sign Daniil Hunter and save those, have that money for down the road because, you know, Daniel's no spring chicken and he's going to want to get paid too. So there's just, there's a lot here. There's so much to unpack, but it starts at the quarterback position, right? I mean, it always does. Yeah,
0: it's the first domino that has to fall. And I... In my opinion, the Vikings are going to have a certain number in mind, and they're going to present that to Cousins. And then there will be the security past this season. Like, is Kirk going to be willing to take a deal where, you know, there's security, you know, the first season of the deal, but are the the Vikings are going to want some options in the second year, especially if they're taking a quarterback in the first round of the draft, which I very much could see them doing. So it comes down to whether Kirk is willing to be flexible and be able to hit a number that's reasonable to continue to retain talent. In my opinion, you bring the Neil Hunter back. I thought he impacted the game more than anybody could even imagine. Uh, In the run game, as a pass rusher, like just a complete player, uh, was healthy this year. uh, Just affected the game in so many different ways. And I want to continue to see them building up front. That's got to be the priority this off season, get some interior talent, whether it's through free agency or the draft, uh, continue to add more edge pass rushing talent. So I don't, I do not think you can let Daniil Hunter walk. I, I believe you got to bring him back and continue building on defense because their personnel on that side of the ball has to get significantly better. You got to add a corner, you got to invest in the draft and the defensive line. Uh, You know, what's going to happen at safety. Harrison Smith might retire. Uh, So, you know, financially, there's a lot of decisions that have to be made and Kirk Cousins is going to be the first domino to drop. Is he willing to do something that he hasn't been able to do in the past where where that's, you know, take a little less money, uh, not have as much control of the contract over a duration of time and make it short term? I think that's going to be the key
1: here. Never say never, but the odds that future NFL Hall of Famer Harrison Smith is back next year in purple, I don't know, 3%, 5%, because if they outright cut him, they're going to save, I think it's, what is it, $11 million if they outright cut him. If he retires, he'll actually do the Vikings a favor because he'll take money off of his dead cap number. So I think that that might actually be what the Vikings prefer. They're probably not going to tell him to retire. I mean, that's obviously up to up to Harrison, but he's likely not back. KJ Osborne likely not back. Harrison Phillips, they could technically cut. I don't think he has any owed money, but then if you cut him, you're going to want to replace him with a similar player. So I'm not saying the situation is unique to the Minnesota Vikings, but Man, they have a lot on their plate. There, there just is. And then to your point, Daniel, there's still a lot of holes to fill on the roster. Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna make something up. Oh, well, let's say KOC and Quessy decide we want Drake May. Well, to move up to number two or three and get Drake May will cost a lot, or maybe it's we'll go to three and get Jaden Daniels. Well, if you do that, then you're cutting into draft capital to fill some of those other holes on the team. My, my hunch, my hunch is the Vikings will likely stand pat at 11. They'll take the best player they can get. Might be an edge rusher, might be a lineman, who knows? And if they like a quarterback that's falling, I can see them trading back into the late first round to have that fifth year with a quarterback under control. And then if Kirk Cousins is back, that quarterback can sit for a year or two, a la Jordan Love, a la Aaron Rodgers, and it's been done with others. Even Patrick Mahomes sat for a year. The Vikings go in the way back machine. Dante Culpepper sat for a year. It's speculation season, Daniel. It's often more exciting than the regular season. And I think in this case for the Minnesota Vikings, it's going to be, because after the Dobbs effect wore off, it became pretty evident what was happening with the Minnesota Vikings that they weren't going to win many games. So I'm all in on this off season excitement, whether the Vikings move up, stand Pat move down. I think their draft night, the first round round one is going to be incredibly interesting and it's going to be incredibly talked about.
0: Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm going to cut against the grain a little bit here in you know, I, I've i been keeping my eyes on a few quarterbacks. Everybody was talking about all the, the big names, but a small move was made recently. Cam Ward entered the transfer portal. Quarterback at Washington State uh, had a lot of interest in the portal, decided to pull out of the portal and declare for the draft. Interesting player who, you know, dominated at the fcs level went up to washington state uh i love the potential of his game i think he's got a chance to be a developmental quarterback maybe he follows that path like you mentioned ross of coming in you know sitting for a year or two and then getting the opportunity to go and you know that's why i think that minnesota is probably going to follow the path of bridge quarterback you know, where it's it's at least one year with the bridge quarterback, whether that's Kirk Cousins, whether that's somebody else that they sign. Let uh, Russ cook, Cam, baby. Let
1: Russ cook. Keep an eye
0: on Cam Ward, though. Uh, I think people that should really go and, and take a look at what he was able to do. Uh, he's very good at that. Extending the play uh, moves around in the pocket. Well, quick release can throw at all three levels. Uh, I, I'm very intrigued by uh, how the pre-draft process uh, goes for him because uh, there's some talent there.
1: Personally, I loved a young Cam Ward winning a Stanley cup for the Carolina hurricanes. I, 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 (laughs) so if he can translate that success from goaltending in the NHL into uh, turning into a great NFL quarterback, uh, so be it. Uh, Let's see it. Obviously, that's a really bad joke, but that was the first thing that came to my mind. Cam Ward, I believe, still the youngest goalie to ever win a Stanley Cup. He was like 20 years old when he did with the Hurricanes. Rough life for that Cam Ward. Uh, Daniel, how's your uh, cold brew on the beans coffee doing? Is it all gone? Do you need more? Do I need to set you up?
0: Well, I'm actually I'm actually talking to John uh, from okay. Beans, so okay. I'm I'm fired up I'm fired up to learn, <laughs> learn a little more about their coffee. Row the boats, uh, Guyuma,
1: go Beans Coffee Company, Go Beans baby, yeah. go yeah. Beans, let's go. Housey he referenced my guy John, who uh, took the plunge on getting behind Minnesota Sports Chat in this podcast? Geez, I think actually two years. I always say over a year, but it's. It's pushing two years. Uh, truly a great partner, but honestly, really great coffee for those watching on the YouTube machine. I'm drinking right now in my Hydro Flask. This is the Makato. Macato and Perfectus. And the Oakwood blend, probably my favorites. But obviously, you can accuse me of being a shill, which to a degree I am. But they're all really good. I know uh, Doogie has loved what I got him. Judd Zolgat, also at Score North, loves it. And now here's Daniel House. And the cold brew and even talking with John. So I support Beans Coffee Company for many reasons, not just because it's a great coffee company and great people, but they are supporting local. Talking with Daniel House, I know they're talking with other people in and around the University of Minnesota. We'll see what happens there. But very appreciative of them supporting Minnesota Sports Chat, but also just their wonderful coffee. When you go to Beans Coffee Company, coffeebybeans.com, that's coffeebybeans.com, You'll see all that they have to offer. And if you use the promo code sports chat, you'll save at checkout. Again, the promo code sports chat at coffeebybeans.com. Support Beans Coffee Company. Your coffee's roasted locally in Minnesota, Mankato, Minnesota. It doesn't matter. If you live in, I don't know, Minnesota Sports Chat's big in Illinois and Virginia. You listen in Illinois and Virginia, no big deal. They got you covered. They'll ship to you for free. On all orders of thirty-five dollars or more. Coffeebybeans.com. Promo code sports chat. Daniel House, it is the long-awaited return of House Maintenance. You like that? Unreal.
0: You even got the added uh voiceover in there. House
1: maintenance. Probably could have let that. Where ham- did
0: you get? Where did you get that voiceover?
1: Well, I got. Who recorded uh, that? I got my ways. That is uh that is a friend of mine, uh, Trevor Brown. Shout out to him. Trevor has his own podcast network, the Inherent Dream Podcast Network, and uh, every day out of boy, I'm always going to butcher this. Where would you describe El- the Elk River Zimmerman Rogers area? What would you say? What part of Minnesota is that? I'm so bad with directions.
0: Um. Gosh, I don't know what you would call that. Would you call it? It's not quite central Minnesota, is
1: it? Uh, maybe should we say, uh, would that be, that would be out west? We'll call it west central Minnesota. I don't know. Either, neither, neither here nor there. But if you're in the Rogers, Elk River, Zimmerman, Princeton area, 763, the local is a podcast that he does. It is every day, roughly a half an hour talking issues and just. It's basically a morning show for that area on podcast form. Seven Six Three, the local. Trevor and I have established a pipeline of helping each other out with audio back and forth. Uh, we went to uh, we went to fake college years ago together, and Trevor is uh, one of the all time good guys. So again, his podcast Seven Six Three, the local, and he's able to do great work like this for me. House maintenance. Okay, let's start with this. Daniel House, the first thing I want you to fix, and we've talked about this numerous times before, but now we have even more data. We have more people complaining about it. Even a coach that won a big bowl game used most of his postgame to call out the NCAA, the transfer portal, and opt-outs. I'm talking about Kirby Smart after they routed Florida State in that was the orange bowl? Sugar bowl? I don't remember. I don't even remember exactly which one it was. But let's let's again, Daniel, just remind people how you're going to fix the transfer portal. And maybe you even you have even tweaked how you're gonna fix it since the last time I posed this question to you.
0: I think the first thing is gotta come up with some regulation for NFL N I L to just come up with policy so it's not unregulated whether that's a cap whether that's you know eventually getting to the point where players are paid i don't know what the solution is but nil is like the first thing that has to get fixed Uh, there needs to be a solution for that tampering they need to enforce tampering there should not be programs calling other schools players during the season uh you know you can turn it in Uh, You know, I know schools are turning people in and nothing happens with it. So there needs to be some tampering penalties. Uh, I also think that this whole second time transfer where you got immediate eligibility, that creates some challenges. But then the legal system is dictating that. So I don't think there's a solution forward out of that. You might just have to live with it. Uh, And then, you know, the grad transfer process, you know, the grad transfers being able to, you know, there needs to be like a cutoff date. There needs to be some sort of time frame where grad transfers just can't enter at any time. Like that, that creates a little bit of chaos as well.
1: Help me on the second time transfer, because it was less than a year ago, maybe about this time. I swear, because we talked about this, the NCAA said, If you transfer a second time, this goes back to you have to sit out a year. But I looked recently, and that verbiage still exists, but now it's even more wonky, where it basically says you're supposed to sit out a year, and I'm making this up. But then you read the next line, and the next line basically reads as, but you don't have to sit out a year. So I'm confused. What happened there? Didn't the NCAA come out and say, once you've already freely transferred one time, the second time you have to sit out a year? What am I missing or did I interpret that wrong from the get go? Because I thought Uh, I thought that would really help this process if you couldn't just literally play for four teams in four years or five teams in five years. But that appears to not be happening.
0: Yeah, well, the federal court ruled against the NCAA's rule preventing players from being immediately eligible after transferring a second time. So basically the ruling gave players a 14 day window to transfer a second time without penalty because of a restraining order. So then, uh, the remainder of the school year is going to be allowed. The NCA decided to allow them the remainder of the school year to transfer, uh, second time without penalty. So, it's it's crea- it's going to create some mayhem there. That's why you're seeing... You saw some guys get in late because they're able to transfer second time freely.
1: I think I have a way to stop transfers, but all that it would do, Daniel, or maybe just stop transfers till after the bowl games, but all that it would do would just increase opt-outs. I thought I had a brilliant idea, but I, I'm just not convinced it will change anything. Uh, I've said and I've, you've heard me talk about this for coaches, I think there should be a moratorium on all coach hiring until a day after the national championship game. Uh, yeah, You go to all these bowl games, and seemingly there's five to ten coaches not coaching their team because they've left to go to another team. I think that's a disservice. I don't like it. So I've always said you shouldn't be able to hire coaches until a day After the college football season, that would actually, I think, extend interest in your sport. By the way, if you had a window of coaches coming and going, I would extend that to the transfer portal and say the transfer portal does not open until one day after the national championship. Now, the pushback is, well, these kids got to get enrolled in school. I get that, but we can find a way to do that. And newsflash, a lot of these kids that are transferring, I hate to be this guy because I do believe most players who are playing at the University of Minnesota, when they leave Minnesota, and you can even say this about Alabama, their careers are over. They should be focused on school. But newsflash, a lot of these kids aren't. So we we can work with that. We can figure out a way to make that happen. My fear, though, Daniel if we say that the transfer portal doesn't open till one day after the college football season, my fear is all that would mean instead of a program, maybe losing 20 kids to transfer 20 kids, just go to the head coach after the season and say, "Uh, coach, I'm going to transfer one day after the national championship game. So I'm just going to sit out the bowl game. So I don't even think that that would fix bowl game opt-outs. Maybe kids get a chance at some of the money from the bowl game, but that would have to be by bowl game because obviously the payout for the quick lane bowl is not the same as what it is for the Alamo bowl. And the Alamo bowl is not the same as what it is for the orange bowl. And even like Jaden Daniels would Jaden Daniels play in the tax layer bowl. If he knew he was getting 10 grand, probably not because he knows he's going to be a top 10 pick. So ultimately Daniel. I think the only thing that's going to fix this is a 16 to 32 team playoff down the road. And then players won't opt out because they, they know they'll be competing for a national championship. I'm ardently against that. Daniel. I, I really am. There's still such a gap in teams. I don't need to see one seated Georgia pound UTEP 70 to seven in the first round of the playoffs. I don't need to see that. I'm on the fence about 12 teams. Uh, you could have talked me into eight. I think twelve is too many. Look at recent history, Daniel. The last two college playoffs are probably the only two of the ten times that we did it that you could make a case for four teams that could win it. So I, right. I, I just, I don't know. I know I, I know I talked a lot there and gave you a lot to chew on, but I don't even think uh, the a college football playoff and big time college football. I just. Great. Maybe it draws up excitement, but you're still going to get first round matchups that are essentially they're going to look like non-conference games in September. And I don't I don't need to see that in a playoff.
0: Yeah, I here's the thing. I've I've talked to people about the whole idea of portal starting later. Like you said, Uh, it's just not realistic from a roster management uh, enrollment, all the logistics that have to happen. Here's what I think will eventually maybe occur. Uh, I actually was talking to somebody involved with the bowl about this. Um, The idea that the teams would have to submit their opt-out list to the bowl committee before the selections are made. So that way the bowl committees can pick the best matchups based on who's going to be playing in the game. Uh, that is one thing that i've heard could potentially uh, happen to improve the the quality of the bowls and to understand who is going to be playing in those games it would it would help them be able to pick the best matchups and then that would not essentially hurt a bowl game that you know is filled with a whole bunch of players that aren't playing you know or haven't played and they're young players i think that's probably a potential path but There's just so much that has to be done and reformed and there's legal aspects of it that tie the hands of, of stuff. I mean, it is just, it is an entangled deal with lots of, lots of different things that have to be figured out.
1: Quick follow-up for you. Do we have any idea what bowl season will look like next year? I was talking about this with friends. I don't know if they're going to keep the same amount of bowls and you'll potentially see more five and seven teams, That's my gut because they'll want the money and the revenue. But it's also possible they're just going to trim four six bowl games because they might just have to because you talk about the added games with a 12-team playoff. You're going to get four first-round games to get from the eight that are playing down to the eight to play in what? The quarterfinals, semis, and national finals. So the bowl schedule is going to get a little bit interesting. Do we have any idea what that's going to look like? Because the first round playoff games between the higher seeds those are not going to be bowl games or at least that's how it was pitched so i don't know what bowl games are even going to look like next year yeah
0: and the national championship game is going to be played on january 20th next year so totally different scheduling format and then like the first round games are i think it's like december 20th and then those are going to be on the campuses so it's The whole bowl format, you know, they're going to have to look at the schedule. I don't know. when is it going to start at the same time, some of those bowl games? Uh, I would guess so. I don't think there's going to be much change related to uh, the bowls that aren't involved in the CFP.
1: So that would then mean you're going to see more five and seven teams. And it opens up the door for teams like what, Jacksonville and James Madison, because you're likely not going to have enough six and six teams. If you keep right. the, if you keep the same bowl schedule. OK, that's that's neither here nor there. I got one more for you before we close it out. This is actually not an issue of mine, but I saw it pop up on uh, the socials. One was a, a viral TikTok about somebody's fast food menu getting really confused. And then I saw a friend of mine that says it's basically uh, you, you go to McDonald's. That was the one that they called out. Sorry, McDonald's. And you just know your order is going to be screwed up. But is it going to be screwed up in your favor or against you when you go through the drive through? So your final house maintenance, Daniel. House (laughs) maintenance. Fix drive throughs because this is an issue there. I would say in my lifetime, it doesn't happen often. But I feel like the drive through misses at about a 20 percent clip. And that's not good. So how do we fix drive-throughs, Daniel House?
0: I don't know if it's like mobile ordering, you know,
1: if it's like, you know, you just
0: you get rid of the drive-through format and you just do like the the mobile order pickup thing. That's your only option. I don't think they'll ever do that because not everybody has access to the, to the mobile phone. But I feel like the mobile ordering is the way to go. I've been doing that a little bit more here. Like you're at you're going to a destination. You can like schedule what time you want it to yeah. be ready. Yep. Like that helps me as a guy that travels a lot. You know, you're able to pick it up, roll in, roll out, and you know your order is probably gonna be accurate.
1: It tends to be more the burger joints too, the the classic drive-throughs. I would say one thing that I've noticed recently, I don't go to many drive-throughs. I've largely cut most of that food out of my life, but I still go to Cane's. I don't know, maybe once a month, every four to six weeks. Cane's now, and I've noticed this, even in crappy weather, Daniel, they have people standing outside with tablets. So they're literally in the drive-through line, taking your orders. So you're not always even talking into the, whatever the, the traditional, fast food screen and box or whatever. It's actually somebody who's punching it into an iPad and that I've never had any issues at Cane's even before that, but maybe that's a process, but then I always feel so bad for those people. It's like 25 degrees and blustery winds. And some guys like, do you want the three piece or the four piece? (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: how do you staff that? You know, you think about that component too. Like it's, I I don't know. I think that drive thrus I don't know. I'm just not a drive-through guy. I'll go in and pick it up.
1: Well, and then here's the here's the other one. Here in closing, when it gets botched, Daniel House, I think you're probably like me. I won't be mean about it, but I'll say something. You know, I'll 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 tell him. I'll say, hey, this um, I ordered a number two, and you gave me uh, just one fillet of fish. Or something I'll I'll say something I have no problem with that. How about you? Uh,
0: I don't know. I just kind of go. Out. <laughs> guess I'm going. Guess I'm going with what I got, man. I, had, I, I I've learned over the years. You take what you get.
1: I had, you, you take you take the food you get and you go. You know. The last big mess up I had, Daniel. I literally ordered like a double cheeseburger and a cup of coffee, and they gave me a bag that had like twenty items of food in it. And I tried returning it and not to be mean, there was a definite language barrier. And because of the language barrier, it just ended up being a stalemate. And I drove off with like $50 of McDonald's food that I only paid oh my like gosh. five bucks. <laughs> wow. What's that? Um, what's that? Gophersguru.com, my man. Uh, lots of stuff.
0: Transfer portal edition uh, analysis. Uh, a piece on Corey Heatherman and his unique background. He actually started coaching in Germany. Uh, very unique path. Uh, learn about what he's going to bring to Minnesota. Some of the things to watch for. So wide ranging amount of content. And a piece on Bob Liguszewski, the new special teams coordinator coming in from Syracuse as well.
1: Uh, I love that name, by the way. Uh, PJ did a nice job with uh, two of his great uh, hires just by names right there. That is Daniel House at Daniel House MN on the X machine. I am at the Ross Brendel. Thank you for joining, Daniel. We will
0: Thanks. Do- always love chatting with you.
1: We will do this again real soon. I'm back in this feed next week with more Minnesota sports chat. Thanks for listening to Minnesota Sports Chat, presented by Beans Coffee Company. Use the promo code SPORTSCHAT. That's one word, SPORTSCHAT, to save at checkout. Follow Ross on X at TheRossBrendel. Like and subscribe to Minnesota Sports Chat wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review kindly.